0: Welcome to the Roxborough Church Podcast. For more resources and information, visit roxboroughchurch.org. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. Mic on. Praise the Lord, everybody. Come on, let's give Jesus a hand clap, those that are here in worship. Come on, let's do it one more time. We need a, another second. of Yeah, yeah, yeah. Praise God. It's just good to be in the house of the Lord. It's Good to be here in fellowship. I kind of miss being in with the congregation right now because of the pandemic we are streaming and i'm glad that you are here to join us in this live stream and being present with us in heart and spirit and we thank you for the fellowship that we do have amen just want to say um it's just joyous today um to just be Able to worship God during these times, um, I will say to uh, Wissahickon Church family is just, you know, we looking forward to rejoining sooner than later. Roxborough family, we glad that you guys can join us today on this Valentine's weekend, as it's called. The Valentine's weekend is, I know, Valentine's is tomorrow, which is Sunday. And tomorrow if you're watching this Valentine's is today praise god so we're going to call it the valentine weekend and we're going to talk about the beauty of relationship the beauty of a relationship now here you know one thing we do realize is that when we are in the body of christ christ wants to have a relationship with us god wants to have a relationship with us And I know that the Bible says that we are uniquely and wonderfully made, but we have our flaws as humans and our actions. And this perfect God still wants to build a relationship with these imperfect people. Now, I don't know about you, but anybody that can accept my imperfections is already considered a friend. And so, The Bible says that when Abraham, he said that he's a friend of God. Abraham was a friend of God. So I'm being Abraham's seed will claim that I am a friend of God. And I remember that song was so popular. We are a friend of God. I am a friend of God. But it's so good to be a friend of God. But that friend in God was a relationship that was built before the foundations of the earth. And this God knew about your mistakes, your errors, your shortcomings, and he still chose to be your friend. That in itself is a blessing. And so when people say that I'm blessed by the, ble- by the best, you can definitely assure yourself that if you are breathing, still you are blessed. And so you ought to thank God for just being blessed, amen? And know that God cares for you. And he wants to build a relationship with you. And there is a beauty in having a relationship with God that supersedes time and space. Amen. And so we are simply humans. There are a few things, that, little statements that we have made throughout the years. We're human. We make a lot of excuses. One is we're born to make mistakes. We're students of life. We're still learning. We learn as we go. You know, we, we, we already prepared for the mistakes in our, in our minds. So we just, we say we learn as we go. We're sinful by nature. But David said it best in Psalms 51, verse five through six. He said, surely I was sinful at birth. Sinful from the time my mother conceived me, yet you desired faithfulness even in the womb. You taught me wisdom in that secret place sometimes we read that scripture and we go to just the part where verse five says surely i was born sinful by birth and birth i was just born in sin shaped in iniquity but yet god still desires faithfulness faithfulness in the womb and he taught me wisdom in that secret place that means god understood that yes being born in sin, shaped in iniquity, I still desire you to be faithful. I still want to pour wisdom, teach you righteousness and pour wisdom even in that secret place. So God already had a plan to reconcile us with himself. See, being as though there is no perfect being except for Christ, Reconciliation is an important part of relationship building. You can't have a long-term relationship without having to forgive one another at f- when they were at fault, not just celebrating on the good times, but celebrating with them and crying with them sometimes on the bad times. Those are good friends. We have lifelong friends. I have some friends that I've had for over 40 years I have some that I've had for the past three years. I have some that that I've had for 10 years. But the thing about it is, is the longer relationships that you have, the more you grow together, the more you know of each other, the more you accept each other, good, bad, or imperfect. But that is called a true friendship, trust building. But God requires us a few things. In order to build a relationship, a strong relationship, there has to be love. Love. See, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but shall have everlasting life. Love is why he chose you. Love. Is why he redeemed you back to himself. Love is why he still reaches for you when you pull pulling away. It's like a child pulling away to get to somewhere where they want to go, and their parent is saying, no, that's dangerous, pulling back. God's love reaches you back, just like a parent's love to a child, even greater than that, even. So there's important things that we should know. One is we should love our God. Because he first loved us. Love your neighbors as Christ requires us to do. He said, look, love one another. Love your neighbor as you do yourself. And then he goes even deeper in the word, and he says, love your enemies. Ah, that's a tough one. But he says, love your enemies. And then to forgive. To forgive. Forgive those who persecute you. Anyone can love you when you're nice, and you're good, you're, you know, when you're good to them, you're delightful to be with, you're the life of the party, you know, you're pleasant, lovable, and charming. Everybody can love you, at that point, or you can love someone else when they just bring good chairs or good joy around you. But what about when they're suffering in some things? Can you love them when they're mean? Can you love them when they they disagree with you when, 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 when they're angry, when they're upset, when they are hurting, disappointed, depressed, and don't feel like being bothered, can you love them then? Frustrated while going through hardship, can you love them through that pain? Wanting to be left alone, drowning in their own iniquity, suffering in the transgressions and their sins, can you love them like God loved us? Can you love your enemy? Can you love those that persecute you? But here's the example that we have in God. But God, our first love, he loved us knowing that we were going to mess up, knowing that we were going to be at fault. But he chose to love us anyway. So he is the example of building a true relationship, knowing that it requires you to know the person, not only in the pleasant times, but also in the suffering times. Also in the disappointment times. That's what builds the trust. The trust comes when you love someone past their errors and their mistakes. That's when the trust comes. It's not on a good note. It's always on the bad note. It's when you really know that you have a friend because they didn't do away with you because you made a mistake. See, Paul understood that he wanted to know Christ in a very real way. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 10 through 14, and I'm going to give you a minute to grab your Bibles and turn to that. Philippians chapter 3, verse 10 through 14. And when you got it, those that are here, just say amen. Amen. There you go. So it reads in verse 10, it says, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and to participate in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death and so somehow obtaining to the resurrection of the dead. Not that I have already obtained all of this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, do not consider, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind me and straining towards what is ahead. I press towards the goal to win the prize which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the reading of your word. Lord, I ask that you would just encourage your people, strengthen your people, open up the hearts and minds of your people to receive a word from you today. Lord, I pray right now that your word would go out and go forward and not empty back to you, not return to you empty, no void. But let it do that which you sent it out to do. Father, mend some broken relationships. Introduce some new relationships. But let all relationships lead to you, that they would reach to teach someone about you and become a brother, to forgive an enemy, to reclaim a position in the family, to reclaim the love that was lost, to rebuild, to reestablish, to be reconciled with one another in heart, mind, and soul, and in body, and in spirit. Father, I know that you are the relationship key and that you bring people together from all walks of life to unite with one voice to shout out our father which art in heaven and lord i thank you for your word and lord i ask that you will speak to me and through me you say it i shall receive it in the name of jesus christ and let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight O oh Lord, my strength, my redeem, let the church say amen. And so as a topic today, having a heart of reconciliation, having a heart of reconciliation, Paul desires is to have a deeper fellowship and a more personal commune with Christ. He, here is the thing. He's, he said in verse 10, he said, I want to know Christ. But yes, to know the power of his resurrection. Like everybody wants to be alive. That's the thing. Be alive to live. To 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 be awakening especially in righteousness and in holiness. Everyone wants to be on the right side. Everybody wants to be in the right place at the right time. And so Paul is saying, but yeah, yeah, yeah. He said that's all good and dandy, but I also want to know him in his suffering. I I want to understand what grieved him. I want to understand what 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 was hurting him because I want to be more like him. I I want to have the same type of grace towards others that he had towards me. I want to be able to fulfill this, this this Christ legacy to continue to love on people even when people don't love me back. So he wanted to understand how is it that this perfect being, this light of the world, this, this great that I am that I am, this great God of the universe, this Jehovah Jireh, this, this God that provided for all wants to be a part of me and want me to be a part of him. And even in my imperfection, Paul grew to want to know that desire because that is a unique blessing. To have God want to be in a relationship with you. And Paul knew that. And he said, this God, this, this Christ, I want to know him in a very, very real way. Not that I have already attained it because he have, he have ordained me or he have instructed me to do ministry, but I wanna know him. I wanna learn something new about him every day, every hour of the day. I wanna be able to grow in him. I wanna be able to stretch in him. I wanna be able to love on him and love on his people the way that he loved us. He said, so in order to do that, I have to press. But here I like when he says, brothers and sisters, do not consider myself that i already taken hold. He said, I still make some mistakes. I'm not perfect, even though I'm serving God. I'm not perfect, but I serve a perfect God, and I want to know him in such a way that why he chose me in him, before the foundations of the earth, he chose me. But here he says, so I I, I, I don't look behind because that's not the answer. The answer is f- the way forward. And he said, but I press towards a gold, I press towards a prize, and the prize is having Christ Jesus in my heart, being full of grace, being full of mercy, walking in righteousness, being full of the Holy Spirit, and having a place in heaven so he says i want to know him in his power in his death and his resurrection in the fellowship of his suffering paul sees his ministry as an extension of jesus ministry and to have a deeper relationship with christ we together as one in Christ. He said, he wants to be one with me, that I may obtain a new life, that my old self are passed away, but all things that I do is become new. He forgave me from my sins. And now, not only have he forgave me, he washed me, but he empowered me with his spirit. And then he gives me the power through his spirit and through his resurrection. I have the power of resurrection. I can live after death. Paul had wrote, he said, to live in Christ's death, that is great, but to die in Christ is to gain. There is no losses in Christ and having a relationship with Christ, there is no loss, but to be made perfect. Paul has not yet arrived to that goal. Being perfect and, and being complete and reaching that goal can only be reached through the power of the Holy Spirit. See, in Philippians verse 1, chapter 1, verse 6, it says, being confident of this, he that begun a good work in you, will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. He said, even in my imperfection, he is still working on me. He started a good work on me and he won't stop until the day of Jesus Christ. For Paul's ultimate goal is knowing Christ's resurrected power. It will lead him from death to glory and to enter into eternal life, everlasting in heaven, and to be with Jesus. Now, having a relationship goal, that's a relationship goal. The relationship goal is being with Christ forever. Think about that. I mean, just imagine having a place in glory. That God has created a home for you in eternal life. I mean, even when we buy our homes here on Earth, it's ours until we die. But Christ has prepared. A place for you. He said, in my father's house are many mansions. And I go to prepare a place for you. And where I go, you will be also. He went to go and prepare an eternal place for you. A place where the streets are paved with gold. A land of milk and honey. A fountain that never runs dry. A place where we all live together in peace and in harmony. Can you imagine that? No more suffering, no more tears, no more crying, probably just tears of joy, if any tears at all. But most likely it's just a place that you will be in the presence of the almighty God. Now that's a relationship gold. Now we understand as Paul would later pen these words. He said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me a crown of righteousness. Which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearance. Will you look at that? Unselfishly waiting to rejoice with others. Wanting to share in this relationship building. Wanting the relationship goal to not only be his own, but to also, he wanted you to be a part of it too because he knew that was the heart of God, to unite people together. So in building a good relationship and being reconciled with one another, a relationship goal for us is coming together, uniting together, and worship forever and eternity with our God, to be able to behold the Lamb of God. And at the end of it all, this is where I want to be, seated in the heavenly place, living happily ever after in eternity. Revelations chapter 7, verse 9 through 12, it reads, After this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count for every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm trees in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the lamb. All the angels were standing around the throne and around the the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and worship saying amen praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our god forever and ever amen this is our relationship gold as believers We want to get to this place in glory. We want to get to behold the lamb. We want to sit with Christ in heavenly places. And he has prepared this magnificent place for us to dwell. But every relationship that we have in life should reflect that gold. See, this is the challenge. The challenge is, first of all, it says every nation, every tribe, every people and language standing before the throne. You mean to tell me that there will be African-Americans, Africans, Europeans, Mexicans, Puerto Rican, Hispanic, Asian, Philippians. All together around this throne of God. Worshiping together. And these are the things that he points out for us. That we are the body of Christ. We are of many nations. We are of many tribes. We are people of different languages. And we are to come together under this God, together, with one voice, and be a part of his body, and be a part of his church, to be a part of his kingdom, to worship together to learn together, to grow together, to build relationships with one another. This is a requirement. When you get to heaven, you will see multiple people of different races praising the one God, the one God. So in order to get to this place, In order to reach this goal, in order to to, to have this full relationship with God, there are some requirements. One, we have to be reconciled with God. Two, we have to be reconciled with one another. And three, it's another point that we have to be reconciled in our deepest relationships. I guess husband and wives, brothers and sisters. Like in our marriages, love and respect. So number one, to be reconciled to God. I want you to turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16. To be reconciled with God, being the bride of Christ. We are considered the bride. Of Christ he's the groom and we're the bride and, and, and you know you know when 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 you ever go to a wedding and you see the bride hit the top of the aisle and before she comes down it's the most beautiful scene that you can say everybody gets up and they turn and they look at the bride and they see how beautiful she is and, and then you see the husband up there. He's waiting because he's not yet the husband, but he's about to become the husband. And he's sitting up there proud, of his wife, Gray, come down, and he's waiting for her. And it's like that joy in his heart like, oh, boy, here she comes. Here comes the bride, all dressed in white. But here's the thing, though. It's the most beautiful moment. That relationship, and that's how Christ views us as the church. He wants to view us as the most beautiful being. And this is the moment that I'm about to unite with my bride, and I'm going to love one of them. And look how beautiful they are. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16 says, So from now on, we are regarded no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creature has come, the old has gone, then the new is here. All this is from God who reconciles us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though Christ was making his appeal through us. We applaud you in Christ. Behave on Christ's behalf we reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us So that in him we might become the righteousness of God That wedding relationship it didn't start when she hit the top of the aisle They took some time to get to know each other They got some time to, to to build a relationship and made a decision that hey, we're gonna be together for the rest of our lives or until death do us part, simply because I've learned to love you in a very real way. I, 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 I know that you're not perfect, but you're perfect for me. And that's what Christ is saying. He said, listen, even when we had our disputes or our disagreements or our arguments, we was able to overcome them. We was able to agree. We was able to find a way to get through some stuff. And guess what? We are stronger together. We are better united. We, too, become one. We are together as one, united. And that's what Christ wants us to be. He said, listen, I don't don't care about The old stuff, like, you know, the old boyfriends you might have, I'm not worried about. The old girlfriends you might have, I'm not worried about that. I'm loving you for you for right now and moving forward. And I'll accept all that you was because of what God has created you to be with me now. And that's what Christ is saying, listen, Old things are passed away, all things become new. You are a new creature. You're gonna even, I'm I'm, I'm gonna change your name. You're gonna take on my name. We're gonna have the same name. We're gonna walk together through life. We're gonna go through some difficulties, but I think that I'll be better with you. I know that I will, and guess what? I am happy to walk through this life with you. And that's what Christ is saying. He wants a relationship that is gonna be able to sustain through life difficulties, knowing that we can trust one another to get to the next level, knowing that we can trust one another to go through the storms, knowing that we can trust one another, and not just in the happy times, but in the sad times, in sickness or in health, until death do us part. But here's the thing. Paul said, even in death, I want to know you but with the power of your resurrection so in other words when when after this every relationship that we have in life we ought to introduce them to christ we may not see that person again but we will see them in glory i was reading a book last week the pastor said I left one church to go and start another church and he said for the moment I was sad because I would miss them but he said surely the spirit quickened me and, and let me know that hey you will see them in eternity because of the relationship that you helped them to create and help them to, to join together with Christ and so that word that you left with them that relationship building course that you left with them they will that will carry them into eternity make sure whatever relationship you build with somebody, that it helped carry them into eternity, that it helped carry them into a place of glory, because the relationship goal is that we all would be around that throne together. And though God may send you to a, a different place, make sure the place that you left, that they are able to reach the goal with you, so that the relationship is not lost, but it is gained through death in Christ. Jesus to be reconciled with one another that's the key point to be reconciled with one another forbearing one another knowing that you ain't perfect and neither are they you were born you're gonna make some mistakes in life but you got to be able to love on each other first Peter chapter 4 verse 8 through 11 it says above all love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sin. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you shall use whatever gift you have to receive to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God if anyone serve they should serve and they should do so with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Christ Jesus to him be glory and power forever and ever, amen. I love that he's basically saying that, hey, look, for every relationship, for everything that you do in Christ, for everything, every, every, every person you touch, let it be a touch forever. Let it supersede space and time. Let it encourage them to get to the place of glory. The best gift you can offer a friend is the love of Christ. And in order for them to see or feel or get the understanding of the love of Christ, they got to see it through you. You have to be able to love them like Christ loves the church. You got to be able to embrace them like Christ embraces the church. You got to be able to look at them and say, hey, look, I love you and I'll see you in glory. Even if I got to move across town and we might not see each other for years to come or we may not see each other again. Hopefully, maybe not in this world, but in the next life, in Christ, I'll see you at the throne. Build a relationship that's strong. Build a friendship that lasts past this life. I know, I've probably had some broken heart times and moments, but guess what? Let me tell you a story. I had a friend who became an enemy over a dispute. And then I went to church to worship God. Never made amends with him at that point. When I look up and look a few rows down, over in the next section, there was my so-called enemy, standing up with his hands lifted up, worshiping the same God I'm worshiping. Now, how can he still be my enemy if we're worshiping up the same God? I had to go and make amends. I had to apologize. And the joy about it is as I walked towards him, and when he finally see me, he said, man, I was hoping to see you. That's why I came to let you know that I was wrong and God forgave me and I hope that you forgive me too. Yeah, he beat me to the punch. But at the same time, it was good to be reconciled. It was good to be in fellowship. It was good to be forgiven together and it was good for us to forgive one another. And he today is still my brother. We still worshiping God together. We're still loving each other. Forget about the past. Forget about what's before behind us. We're looking and pressing forward to the goal that's in Christ Jesus, to be reconciled with one another. Now, the deepest reconciliation is those that are locked in situations, like when you locked in with your brother and your sister, And the Bible tells us about having an alt against our brother and sister or having something against our brother and sister. It says you're supposed to forgive your brother seven times 70. Not just seven times 70 a year, but a day. We can't have an alt. We have to go to them. No bitterness. No broken relationships. Mend the broken pieces. Put and establish relationships back together. That's what God gave us, the spirit, to be able to reconcile with one another. Husbands and wives reconcile with each other. I know during a pandemic when you couldn't go anywhere and you were locked in, that gave you an opportunity to be reconciled. Yeah, I had to laugh at that. You couldn't go to your hiding place. You couldn't go to your workplace. Your workplace was downstairs at the dining room table. You had to reconcile with one another. Brothers and sisters had to learn how to reconcile with each other, get back into rhythm of life. Ephesians chapter five, verse 25, it says, husbands love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, holy but holy and blameless. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body but they feed and care for their body just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his mother and his father and unite with his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself. And the wife must respect the husband. I know husbands heard that very loud and clear, that last part, where it says the wife must respect the husband. I know you might be stuck on that, but I want you to go back a little bit where it says also he must love his wife as he loves himself. You're asking for respect. But you have to earn respect. With humans, you can lose respect, but earn respect by being loving kind, by treating them like you would treat yourself, like Christ treats the church. So you might say, hey, pastor, do that mean that I need to pay tithes to my wife if that's what makes her happy? Pastor, do I need to praise my wife um, if that's what makes her happy? A happy wife is a happy life, you know the saying. You know there's a song that says compliment what she does and her roses just because you know that if it's diamond ring she wants, let them play. I think that's how I go. But anyway, compliment her. If it's diamonds she wants, get them. If there's violins she wants, let them play. Find 100 ways to love her. That's the song. Find 100 ways. God found 100 ways to love you. There was probably a 1,000 ways that you might have made mistakes, but he just found a love for you that supersedes all your mistakes. The Bible said that His love covers a multitude of our faults. Find a way to love one another. Start with a hundred. Re-present yourself. Holy. Represent yourself pleasant. The change comes in the heart, comes in the mind. and Take one step forward to even apologize. Sometimes we got to apologize and we wasn't even the ones that was wrong. But it could be the way we showed or told someone that they're wrong. We could have did it with the arrogance. That's not good. We could have did it in such a way that it hurt somebody's feelings. And we meant right, but the way we presented ourselves is wrong. Represent yourself holy. Represent yourself in a humble fashion. Represent yourself righteous. And consider presenting yourself the way you want somebody to present you. And that's what it's saying. It's saying, love them as you love yourself. How you want to be represented. How you want somebody to tell you you're wrong. Sometimes it's just showing them a right way. You might not even have to tell them they're wrong. They might just say, hey, that's a better way of doing it. Maybe I'll just do that. Boom. Smart way. But we have to be unique in what we do. Just like Christ is unique in his love for us. How can you eliminate a love that's called the agape? a god they love he loves you over and over again even in the midst of your sin he was still loving you i remember a pastor said listen if the devil couldn't kill me when i was in sin he can't touch me now i'm in salvation that's because god had a plan for you god had a purpose for you and god protected you even while you was at fault he loved on you and he said listen I'll take you as you are. I'll make you my own. I'll clean you with water. I'll wash you. I'll wash you in my blood. I'll take away your sins. I'll break bad habits. I'll pull down strongholds. I'll loose the bounds and set you free. I'll take your heavy load. I'll bear and I'll care for you. And even though the enemy came to still kill, and destroy, I come to give you new life and give it to you more abundantly. That's how we are to present ourselves to our loved ones, the way that Christ presents himself to the church, forgiving, loving, caring, with grace and with mercy, creating and being a diamond in the rough. even though things are around you, are pressing. Even though things are around you, is disruptive. God wants to be that shining light, that beacon of value, that beacon of hope, that faith, that trust, building relationship with you. He wants to reconcile you back to himself. And our goal is to get to the place where God has for us. And in every relationship that we have, Whether it be friends, whether it be siblings, whether it be by marriage, whether it be by acquaintance, you represent Christ in that relationship. You have to show love, lead them to a place called good. And then I know some relationships you might have to walk away and say, Lord, I'm going to have to leave this one up to you. And then allow the Lord to work on you so you can go back and make amends and lead them to Christ. Don't abandon ship, because God did not abandon you. Here is how we can connect with others while building a good relationship. And then I'm going to close. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29 says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. That it may benefit those who listen and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling and slander along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ, just in Christ, God fe- forgave you. Just in Christ, God forgave you. Love on one another. No bitterness, no rage, no malice, no revenge. No, no, no back talk, no, 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 no talking about people in a bad way. Let good words come out your mouth as though you're speaking the words of God. Build relationships. Build friendships. Connect with others. They don't have to look like you. They don't have to come from where you come from. But they ought to be going to the place where you're going in God. And it is your job and your responsibility as a believer to help them get there. So if I was you, I would loosen up the collar, roll up the sleeves. We got work to do, church. We have hearts to mend. We have broken pieces to put back together. We have to spread the love of Christ. We have relationship building. We have to come together as one. We have to practice now while we have life on earth so that when we get to glory, we'll all be around the throne, worshiping God together, living where there is no more mistakes, living in a place of righteousness, peace, and the presence of God that we all together can behold the Lamb pray with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, first and foremost, I thank you for allowing me to get through this message even with my allergies attacking. I thank you that you are in your perfect way helping the imperfect people to get to a place called good. That you have not given up on us. That you have stepped in And not not to leave us abandoned. But to join in with us as one. To unite us together as one. To have relationship with us. Father, help us to get to that place together. That unified place of worship. That you may present us holy. To a holy and wise God. Thank you, Jesus, for your saving grace. And Father, I ask right now that through all that is going on with this pandemic, Father, I pray for your mercy, I pray for the power of your healing. Father, I pray right now that you will touch your church, touch your people. Anyone that is going through or battling through this sickness, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I ask that you will bring healing. Let your presence be known in their space. By your stripes, you said we are healed. Cover us, Father. Cover us, Father. So that we can unite together again to worship in your house. To help fill your temple, grow your church. That we all will be able to come together to sing again, to worship again, to fellowship with one another. To continue to build the relationships. In Christ's name I pray. Thank you for listening to our weekly podcast. We pray it was life-giving. To find out more about us, visit our website at RoxboroughChurch.org and join us for worship on Sundays at 10.30 a.m.